aka Padres. Here it is. We're wrapping up the Will Smithathon. We're talking Mark Rocco. Do you know who Mark Rocco is? You don't, but I do. Welcome to AKA Pads Audio Audacity Podcast, episode 456. Here we go. We just keep marching on. Uh, we've discussed, loved, hated, uh, not so much hated, uh, been impressed, been shocked by a lot of these Will Smith movies. And uh, just just remember, quick breakdown of the Will Smith-a-thon criteria. It's a Will Smith movie I haven't seen or don't fully recollect. And along that way, we, we've been impressed. We've been impressed by a lot of these movies that have been maligned, that have been bashed, that have been LOL'd to death by critics, by Rotten Tomatoes, by IMDb, by, you know, these rating aggregator websites, the whatever people are writing in, in Amazon reviews. And why is that important? Why do I make that point? I make that point to essentially say, to prove, it's a proof, we have proof now, that movies like After Earth are much better than anyone gave it credit for, except for me, of course. Movies like Gemini Man have amazing, innovative, uh, jaw-dropping special effects, amazing action, but uh, we have to ignore the movie for these other reasons. Uh, you know, like, there is nothing to learn unless the movie's perfect. I find a lot of that, uh, you know, a lot of that disturbing because it keeps you away from movies. Every single person that I talk to about where the, where the, where, not where the day, collateral beauty. I, I, I always explain collateral beauty by describing the trailer. I tell him about the trailer. I say, look, Will Smith is grieving. He writes letters to death, time, and love. And they answer him. But what the trailer doesn't tell you is inside the movie, his friends are greedy. <laughs> They're greedy a-holes. They steal letters out of a post office mailbox. And then they hire actors to portray love, death, and time. People, that is one of the greatest hooks of all time. It really is. I'm sorry. So a lot of these points we we miss. We and and the reason why we're kind of going through this path as as opposed to us discussing exactly where the day takes you is because where the day takes you has two scenes with Will Smith. I jumped into that movie hoping um, to see Will Smith within within um, the story of a young Hollywood movie. Will Smith's character is strictly paid um, for sympathy and a little bit of a gut reaction because the, the absolute nature of where the day takes you echoes two other movies that are of the same time, of the same era. Larry Clark's Kids and Nick Gomez's The Laws of Gravity, who also made New Jersey Drive. If you don't know those movies, if you don't know... This movie, this is almost your Streets trilogy. Where the day takes you is L.A., Kids is New York. I believe The Laws of Gravity is Newark, New Jersey. It might be Trenton, New Jersey. It's been a while since I saw Laws of Gravity. 
but that movie uh, sticks to me like glue. That's how visceral the movie is. Now, Where the Day Takes You is a young Hollywood movie. It is a amazing stacked cast. Uh, if you haven't noticed, nearly every single movie that we talk about in regards to Will Smith, he masterfully, masterly, masterfully gets involved with movies that are stacked. They're just, I, and I feel like I just say that a lot. Sean Astin, who plays a heroin um, runaway addict. Amazing performance, by the way. Laura Flynn Boyle, Peter Dobson. Ricky Lake is in this movie. We have a large Ricky Lake. Dermot Mil- Milrooney. He's he's our focal point. Amazing. Adam Baldwin. Alyssa Milano. It goes on. But this movie is the most trope. It's it's the most unpolished story-wise because we just have, you know, like, we have a lot of characters. We're not fully connected to them all the time. But we have way more stained-out scenes. We have more scenes that pop. Uh, more scenes that seem to be a little bit, uh, like, engineered. And I think pop works, like, within pop art. There's, like, a little bit more pop art in this movie than kids and the laws of gravity. And the reason why I define it that way is because it it does it is that different from kids and laws and gravity, but it it deserves to be mentioned with with those other two movies that I believe um, you know a little bit more a part of this '90s independent raw gritty storytelling. You know, you might just say, "Pete, how about Link Ladders, uh, Slackers?" Like, is that you know, like Slacker maybe? But Slacker doesn't, uh, it's a little bit loose. It's not so much of a story, but it's there. And the experimentation and the the rapid nature of it and the broad scope of 90s filmmaking is on display here. Because this is a $3 million movie. It didn't even make a million. It didn't even make $0.5 million at the box office. But it's a young Hollywood movie in the vein of Diner, The Big Chill, um, the Inventing the Abbots, American Graffiti. And everyone that touched this movie went on to do great things. They really have. It's a, outside of Mark Rocco. So let's talk about Mark Rocco. Let's just go. Filmography. Scenes from a Goldmine, 1987. Dream a Little Dream, one of the best teen comedy dramas ever, 1989. Where Did They Take You, 1992. Murder in the First, 1995. The Jacket, uh, geez, The Jacket, he's only, I think that's the Adrian Brody movie. He's only the producer on that. So Murder in the First is like his biggest Hollywood movie. Uh, I remember seeing that. Uh, like that movie. Don't fully recall it. Don't remember hating it. So we have a masterful filmmaker here that has made a handful of movies. And I believe this has got to be his his 
like his opera almost, his coup de grace, his you know, gathering forces, so to speak, because it's a lot of characters. It deals with homeless children. It's almost like a like a commercial for homeless children. If you watch this movie, you never want to run away from home. It it's gritty. It it feeds on those fears. Uh, it does bring you into the world. I believe that a lot of these scenarios within this movie are things that actually happened. But then, like, you know, Will Smith. Will Smith is just in this movie. He's not a focal character. His character is not essential to the story or plot. Like I said, he's played for sympathy. He's played for heartstrings. He's played for shock. But it's amazing that he's in this movie and that this is his first movie. That's impressive alone. Now, from here, he will go on to make Six Degrees Separation, which was an Oscar-worthy performance. Uh, Still to this day... Uh, maybe his best performance. So everyone, check out where the date takes you. Check out Kids, Larry Clark. Check out Laws of Gravity. It's a great triple pairing. If you have moments, if you have a moment, go to akapad.com. Sign up for some free trading cards. I'll hook you up. Wolfpack trading cards. Be on the lookout for Uzi Susie 2. Be on the lookout for Charlie by Fire. YouTube. We're live streaming. We're doing a lot of things. We're doing a lot of artwork. Uh, not so much movie discussion, though. LOL. I don't know why. I just like doing movies this way. I really do. I don't want to talk to people about movies. I just want to tell you how I feel about and how I receive some of these movies. Because, hey, who does it? Who does this type of deep dive on Will Smith? Only your boy here. here. The pop culture pope, a.k.a. Pat Peter A. DeLuca. Everyone... Yeah, we're 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 moving on. We're we're switching content direction with episode four fifty seven. Can't I can't believe I'm even saying that. Might be Roland Emmerich, might be Marvel. Jeez, I owe you guys a Ghostbuster run. I owe you guys a lot. But I love you. Rock and roll and goodbye.